Yeah, and like that is kind of how if you asked a medieval person what a witch is, they'd be like, oh yeah, that, because it's like a sexy lady who is going to give me a boner. Or maybe take away my boner. Like those are the two. These are the two words. <laughs> There's only either. two options. The two options. Okay, and like, and there isn't like this medieval thing about being particularly worried about witches. It's just like, well, you know how sexy ladies are. Anyway, moving on. But then later on, Durr starts making these images of witches, which are like what you would expect to see um, now. A like uh, so you have like a witch that is like uh, riding there's like an old witch the very famous kind of one um is an old witch who is kind of like riding backwards on a goat uh and you know she's old and she's not sexy underlined you know and she's holding a broom uh between her legs ooh uh while riding a goat backwards and there's all these like cherubs being like oh no a witch and like this becomes the popular idea of what a witch is later in in the early modern period and certainly by the time you get you know 100 years later or so to the time you're making vinegar tom you know we're expecting to see old ladies and, and things like that so durr shows this shift my favorite example is from about 50 years later this is my favorite woodcut it's called the the bewitched groom groom by hans Bolden green do you know this um, it, it was an amazing article about it in, um, in the journal Art History many years ago, uh, which is called, uh, the article is called Art History from the Bottom Up. Mm-hmm. And it talks about arses in art history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, by Pat Rubin. But um, Bowden's, Bowden Green's uh, uh, basically Groom Bewitch from 1550 or something around about there, 15, uh, 1544. Um, it's a the back end of a horse with a very detailedly rendered like butthole yeah. um, with a prone groom, like in his armor, like completely passed out with this like witch leaning in through the window, having just kind of done something to him. And it's very weird. And like lots of, lots of historical scholarship, it gets called by the Royal Academy, um, you have a copy of it, the most um, en- enigmatic image in Renaissance art. Um, and it's it's properly, proper, properly weird because it has this like very detailedly rendered horse's butt, this mm. drunk ass passed out guy, and then this yeah, kind of elderly looking witch with a switch leaning one through the window. Out. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, 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 exactly. One one titty hanging out, hanging through the window. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, right, when you see images like this, because we're now like, well, this is enigmatic. What does this mean? And I bet you people would be like, oh, you know, the old horse butthole magic or something like that at the time, right? <laughs> like this would, this would be much more recognizable, I think, at the time of whatever is going on here, right? Yeah, there's lo- lots of arguments about it's 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 supernatural and it's religious you know iconographic meaning but i think this is the point right that that you're making that these get to be actually because as almost the first mass media visual form in european thought they get to kind of solidify ideas about gender and social hierarchy and magic and, and race and sex in ways that are still the iconic you know the the the, the, the archetypal ways that we think about all of these things Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, you can just kind of see this transition and progression of, of how we worry about women, you know, as one thing and how we're, oh, but we're worried about women in uh it's, it's a strictly a religious thing. 
mind you, of course, like obviously, <laughs> and like and and which women you need to worry about. Like, so it, it's kind of like before in the medieval period, this is a the troublesome nature of the sexy lady, right? And like that's what you need to kind of worry about. And then for early modern people, it's like, oh no, old ladies, you got to watch out for that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which is interesting. And I mean, there, there is in both of these, in both of these images, um, Albert Durer's witch riding backwards and the bewitched groom, there is this kind of like vaguely sexual nature in them. You know, it's like, it is titty out, um, you know, the broomstick between the legs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, like, why, why am I seeing this horse's butthole so much? <laughs> well, you know, there's a great like- quote. This is, this is from the art historian, Joseph Kerner. Um, so good. Um, so he says, um, staring into Baldung's abandoned vandalized machine of representation, my eye is caught by the horse's anus. I'm pulled into this marionette theater, not as a person, but as a puppet on the invisible threads of history and desire. And then Pat Rubin says, and this is my favorite quote in all of academic art history. Does art history begin and end in a horse's anus? (laughs) (laughs) Sucked, Sucked into a dark vacuum of ambiguous representation. Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, it's, I guess that, that what is that that uh, the term for if a headline asks a question, the answer is usually no. That's not true. The kid and ended the horse and it. But 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 that that is that you know through the kind of tongue in cheek telling of this by by Kurt, this is about what woodcuts can do, right? It is this kind of sort of people's eye view. It's a mu- it's a much more vernacular form of representation. Um, than certainly had been seen um, in popular representations before. And um, it's, it its-, um, it's something that I wanted to yeah. ask as well that you mentioned earlier on that it was a much more kind of what you might think of a dem- as a democratized art form and like it is segmented in terms of like who's doing what, but also they're probably more widely available. How much of what we can attribute of what we know about medieval life is from the fact that woodcuts now were able to depict like regular people's lives, not be- not just being afraid of sexy ladies, but you know what people were doing day to day. I mean, they're not they're not documentary, right? At least not in this earliest yeah. version. But yeah, so I I mean I would say shout out to medieval artists because actually one of the cool ways that we can find before printing, um, there's an art trope in the medieval period that's called the labors of the months or the labors of the year, and it's one of the ways you can find out about peasants. Uh, because they're like in January, peasants do that. Well, actually, in January, the uh, labor is feasting because there's nothing mm. to do in January and it's Christmas. Um, but then, like, you know, in March, you see like peasants plowing fields and in, you know, July and June, they're they're doing like the harvest and they're bringing in wheat. And in November, they're fattening pigs on acorns. And in December, they're slaughtering the pigs, you know, and, and so we we get things like that. But. What the woodblocks do tend to do is also they can be used for these audiences. Like, so when I, I was kind of like, oh, I'll go look up some of my old faves, uh, you know, before the show. And um, funnily enough, a lot of the the woodblock images that I like, uh, our historians were out here talking shit. They were like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> this is this is a poorly rendered woodcut. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, you know, because I, I like the really... I do like the really blocky ones, but the really blocky ones, why they're near and dear to my heart is it'll be like, well, this is how you sew potatoes in, you know, when potatoes are getting like introduced to Europe, right? And no one knows what to do with them, right? There'll, there'll be a woodblock image that kind of can show you 
this is something so even for an illiterate audience you can use them for educational purposes like i don't well who who's doing the fucking crops around here right i'm interested in my homies with the crops i'm interested in like you know the art that's spurring them on and you and you get cool things like that right um so what i would say is that one of the things that Woodblocks manages to do, it's not necessarily just convey to us the meaning of what ordinary people are doing, but it communicates with them because the labors of the months, right, is not for an audience of peasants. It's for an audience of rich people. Yeah. Or like, yeah. they're like, you know what peasants are like. Am I right? Who, who's, <laughs> who, who's peasants be out there slaughtering pigs? Am I right? Am I right? You know, and like, and, yeah. and it, it just is a really different way of speaking to an audience.